Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Do not, do not, I repeat, do not touch that dial. You heard the man. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday. And as the sports calendar continues to fill up with more stuff, we are closing in on Thanksgiving. We find there is no shortage of storylines, developing situations, and you name it. So please, put your seat backs forward, your trade tables upright. We are ready for takeoff. My name is Bernie Fratto. I'm coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my savvy and capable crew, Bo Benson, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley on the updates as they man the ship from our Los Angeles compound. We have got a ton on the agenda tonight including full NFL analysis for Week 10 and the Fezzik 5 in about 15 minutes. Later on, we'll speculate a little bit on the college football playoff rankings so far. Talk about NFL coaches who might be on the hot seat. And by the way, there's a new version of the Sports Illustrated cover jinx. We'll chop that up. And we'll even dive into and unpack this John Gruden lawsuit and Yes, did I read this right? There are going to be hard knocks in season, hard knocks involving the Indianapolis Colts. We'll check in on that as well. But first, there were some very impactful and I think very impressionable takeaways from Week 9 in the NFL, and that's where we begin. I think first and foremost, we open with the Odell Beckham Jr. news. And... uh I want to start, actually, by reading a tweet uh, from Lou Riley. He says, numbers don't lie. Lou's an avid listener to Fox Sports Radio and uh, this show. And his tweet, actually, he credits ESPN Stats and Invo. He says, Odo Beckham Jr. is the latest player to join the already star-studded L.A. Rams. Even though they'll be gaining 
another Pro Bowler, OBJ's production has gradually declined since he made the Pro Bowl in 2016. Now, these numbers come from ESPN Stats and Info. While he was with the New York Giants, his receiving yards per game were 92.8. While he was with the Browns, 54.7. His catch rate, 63% with the Giants, 55% with the Browns. He had a total of 44 touchdowns with the New York Giants. By the way, they never won. And seven with the Cleveland Browns, who were actually a playoff team last year. And they got better when OBJ was hurt. So, you know, before you throw rocks at me, just look at the numbers. OBJ... When he suited up with the Browns, they were 14 and 15. They're 10 and 4 without him. And a little later in the show, we'll bring in the crew because he's coming to Los Angeles. And uh, the guys all live in Los Angeles, and we'll get their thoughts. And I'm not going to speculate too much ahead on what he's going to do in L.A. Let's let this play out, all right? But there's a reason no one claimed will be Jan waivers when he was released. I, it's, I've been told he's been a major distraction everywhere he's been because he's just not a team player. He doesn't run the routes. The plays are called on the field. He likes to freelance. The proof's in the pudding. I just said it. The Browns were 14-15 and 15 with him, 10-4 and four without him. And the question is going to be, what can the Rams do? They had a good thing going. Where's the risk-reward here? Is this, is this going to work out? Time's going to tell. See, this is a bottom-line business. It's not going to be about opinions. We'll know in January and into February whether or not uh, this worked out. I'm not here to bash OBJ. From what I understand, his teammates like him. From what I understand, uh, I mean, look, he's a world-class athlete. But at the end of the day, this is the bottom line business. So this is one of kind of like five takeaway thoughts I had from last week. And it's a developing situation. I know that toward the end of the fourth quarter in Cleveland's three losses, most recent losses, they threw OBJ the ball on third down and he dropped it. So that's my OBJ talk right now. I don't root for him or against him. I don't care. But it was the news of the week, in my opinion. And by the way, the Cleveland front office, uh, you know, they probably fumbled this situation for too long. They were, they were they were enabling it. So be that as it may, Cleveland's got an interesting game. They had a statement game last week. They've got an interesting game in New England tomorrow. We'll talk about it a little later as the show goes on. Turns out the Kansas City Chiefs offense is far from fixed. Uh, they, they've, they've really regressed. Yeah, they got a W last week, but they did not look good doing it, including Patrick Mahomes. His QBR was 44 last Sunday. There are some very problematic and bothersome things about the Chiefs. They've turned the ball over 19 times already this year. To give that some perspective, Andy Reid's teams, they don't turn the ball over. Uh, In the last five years, cumulatively, they turned the ball over 16 times. They've got 19 turnovers this year. They've never lost a divisional game on the road, but they come. They're going to face a hungry Raiders team tomorrow. It's got issues of their own, but the Raiders are 5-1 against the spread as home dogs in their last six games. The Chiefs continue to be expensive, even though they're only laying two and a half here in Las Vegas tomorrow. They're still 3-17 and 17 against the number in their last 20. Part of it is their defense. They're just not where they need to be. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. In case you missed it, Jordan Love uh, was not ready for prime time. And I'm sorry, but the moment just looked too big for him last week. That was my first impression. You define the moment or the moment define defines you and while Jordan Love I mean what he faced a Chiefs defense last week they're not good statistically but still it's not an easy defense for a young quarterback to play against okay worse the Packers defense well they didn't get any takeaways and their special teams missed two field goals 
meaning Jordan Love was going to have to deliver two or three plays. That's how you make your bones in this league. There have been plenty of guys that have stepped on the field. He's, this is his second year in camp. Um, he just isn't at a point where he can do that. He, and, and he made some bad reads. He made some off-target throws. There were some miscommunications. There were, there were a couple of flashes of the traits that made him a first-round pick. But at the end of the day, just not good enough. Now, the Cowboys... Did they just have a bad day last week, or did we maybe crown them too soon, or maybe you didn't crown them? But I will tell you that I think they're a good team, and I think they're on the short list to get to the Super Bowl. When they put it all together, they're pretty scary. But I still, and I used to rag on Mike McCarthy back in back in uh, uh, August. Remember, the Cowboys were on uh hard knocks and I called him Barney Rubble there's some things that just I don't know he'd get into those meetings and he you know he'd say we don't need any Charlie F arounds here or Harry High School I mean come on man he listening to him made my teeth itch but I have a question for coach McCarthy and I bet you might have the same question if you just take a second to give it some thought why the hell was Dak Prescott on the field last week when the Cowboys were down 30 points and coach McCarthy says well, we wanted to work on the two-minute offense. Are you serious? Where are you? You're coaching at East Carolina? No, nothing against East Carolina. Fine institution. But this is the National Football League. There's six minutes left in the game. Dak is nursing a calf injury. You're down by 30 points, and Barney Robles is going to work on the two-minute offense. That's the kind of stuff, if you're a Cowboy fan, that's got to send shivers through your spine. That's as wrong as rain on your wedding day. That can't happen. All right. Another coach I like, but I think he might be on the hot seat. We're going to talk about this later on the show if they lose tomorrow. Minnesota had a touchdown, and they cut it to 31-30 in the Baltimore game with 63 seconds left. So the most important question in that situation is, do you have one play that you like? You'd think between Dalvin Cook or Adam Thielen, who's been a dominant red zone player, Justin Jefferson, the Vikings would have one of those guys that can make a play. On top of that, Minnesota's defense had already been on the field for 71 plays. They were completely gassed. And you're talking about Justin Tucker versus Greg Joseph for the kicker matchup in overtime. Are you serious? So instead of extending the game, Zimmer should have gone for two and the win. No, he plays for overtime. How'd that work out? You wonder how these things happen. You wonder why they keep happening. I think he's going to be on the hot seat if Minnesota gets beat tomorrow and they got a tough draw. They come out west to play the L.A. Chargers. Sean Payton and Taysom Hill must have some kind of, I, I don't know, their BFA. In the previous three seasons, Payton, he insisted on frequently taking Drew Brees, who was a Hall of Fame quarterback, off the field just to get snaps for Hill. Now, I don't dislike Taysom Hill. I think he's a gamer. He was great at BYU. He got hurt. All, he hurt his knee like three times. But when Brees got hurt last season, Peyton remade the offense for Hill rather than turning to Jameis Winston. Then this summer, with a thin receiving core, no Michael Thomas, and a roster seemingly more suited for Hill than Winston, Peyton gave his starting job to Winston without giving you know, Hill a whole hell of a lot of consideration. And despite watching his offense underwhelm so far when Winston was hurt, Peyton is now turning to Trevor Simeon instead of Hill, despite the fact there is no argument to be made uh, for Simeon over Hill, who would at least give the Saints uh, a unique 11-man rushing attack because Taysom Hill can run, and he can be highly complimented uh, by a, a scheme play-action passing game 
that that uh, Taysom Hill's proven he can manage. And, you know, it wasn't Simeon's fault that New Orleans dropped a ton of passes last Sunday. But here's the question. Peyton found snaps for Hill when he had Drew Brees. Now he can't find him when he's got Trevor Simeon. Just a thought. Just a random thought. Um, by the way, what happened to the Bengals' defense? Uh, they're all of a sudden struggling to tackle. It, it did them in a week ago, and, and their upset loss against the Jets. It was a major issue against the Browns. And I, they're lucky. Uh, they were, you know, Nick Chubb is tough to tackle when he's not playing tomorrow against New England. By the way, uh, the Bills-Jaguars officiating crew, I don't expect everybody to remember this. The Jaguars clearly outplayed the Bills Sunday. They deserved to win. But on the on the game's opening drive, the crew threw a ticky-tack taunting flag. Now, we did a big couple of segments on taunting at the beginning of the year, and my biggest concern, the crew will remember this, was the interpretation of when or when not to call a taunting play. It just gets worse. And it's buried because the Jaguars ended up winning the game. But first, they not only call a taunting play on one of the Jaguars, they assigned it to the wrong player. And so, you know, I could go on and on about that, but I don't think I am. I think I'm just going to set that aside. Another coach I think is going to be on the hot seat if they don't win tomorrow or Monday night, this is, is the 49ers. Another year is getting away from them. All right. They're far from out of it, especially in the NFC, where nine wins might actually get you a, a the last wild card spot. But they're sitting at three and five, including 0-3 in the NFC West. They lost to Colt McCoy last week. Now, the Cardinals are a good team. But, but did you know that the Niners are 1-11 at Levi Stadium in their last 12 games? That's unbelievable. Now, why it was a couple, there, you know, there were a couple of downfield fumbles and a phantom roughing of the passer call that put them in a hole. What the hell happened to the Niners' defense? It was stunningly non-competitive in the second half. They have veteran quarterbacks, and they struggle. So those are some takeaways I had from last week, and we're going to get to more throughout the show as we will be heavily talking about the NFL. A couple of teams, don't look now, but all four teams in the AFC West, we got a pennant race. They're all above 500, and they all have five wins. And Green Bay, thank God for the Packer fans, Green Bay is back tomorrow. They're now 6-12 and without Aaron Rodgers since he replaced Brett Favre as a starting quarterback all the way back in 2008. Here's another oddity from last week. Sunday was the first day in 10 years when four teams, the Bills, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Packers, they're all in first place. It's in the month of November. All four lost to opponents with 500 or worse records. One key trend heading in tomorrow before we get to the Fezzik Five, NFL teams who did not beat the spread in their last game, and they're facing an opponent in their next game who did beat the spread. They're 39-14. and 14. Who falls into that category? Tomorrow, Carolina, Dallas, Las Vegas, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. A couple of those, sorry to say, I think you got to hold your nose before you fire on those, but be that as it may, that's about a 78% trend so far this year discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year it's amazing because discover is accepted at 99 percent of the places in the u.s that take credit cards learn more at discover.com slash yes 2021 nielsen report limitations apply coming up the physic five and this time it involves other sports not just the national football league I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios here in Las Vegas. And we will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. As Yes, here we go again, nine hours and 38 minutes away from kickoff for the first full Sunday slate in the National Football League. Remember, the NFL kicked off last Thursday. I'm going to mention that game. It has some significance a little bit later. But first, at this time, every week we welcome in a gentleman who is the only two-time winner, back-to-back, of the Hilton Super Contest, my good buddy, Steve Fezzik. 
And this is the Fezzik Five. <laughs> the time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about now. With the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik. Here's Bernie Fratto. All right, so Steve could not make it tonight. He has another obligation, but he did send me his notes. So the very Fezzik Five that he would be going over if he was here live, I'm going to go over right now. And we're all around the map a little bit. We're going to start with a couple, uh, three NFL games. His best bet tomorrow, Fez really likes the uh, Chargers. The Chargers are home against the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned it earlier. And now uh, the Chargers were minus three at one point. Or last I checked, they're down to two and a half. Again, a very tight game for both teams. The bottom line is Fez feels very strongly the markets are not properly valuing Minnesota. They've got defensive injuries. They've got COVID issues. They've got distractions. The Dalvin Cook issues. Chargers are a pretty good team, and they're a pretty good team at home. They did allow 162 yards in the ground last week. But what do I what do we always know and that a team in the NFL who doesn't look good one week, especially uh, if they're going home the following week as a favorite, you want to get on them. And so Fez's best bet tomorrow, the Chargers, minus three over the Vikings. Uh, I think you're looking at probably a game that's going to be under seven points, but Fez likes this game, and uh, I'm not on it, but... It's, uh, it's Fez's best bet, and I, we're going we're gonna to roll with that. Fez has done very well in this spot this year. All right, here's another game, and I'm completely with him on it. I haven't fired on it yet, but the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders, well, they're home against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are home. Not only are they home, they are home as underdogs. And the, the, the Raiders are actually, they're pretty good as home underdogs. They're 5-1 and one in their last six in this spot as a home underdog in their new home here at Allegiant Stadium. It is a Sunday night game. It is a standalone game. Again, Fez feels that there's real market denial in Kansas City. His words, quote, Kansas City stinks on D, and now their offense is struggling. They got only 20 points versus New York Giants, 13 versus Green Bay, a far cry from what they looked like two years ago. And I want to throw in, the Chiefs turned the ball over like crazy. 19 turnovers this season, like I said earlier. That's incredible. How incredible. Well, from 2014 to last year, Andy Reid's team only had a total of 16 turnovers during that six-year period. And as I mentioned, Chiefs 3-17 and 17 against the number in their last 20 games. By the way, this is a situation where the Chiefs see themselves back in the midst of the AFC playoff race. And even though they are just marginally outside the playoff picture in the AFC, they're still in the running for everything. And remember, the Raiders split with them last year and could have easily beat them both times. So the Fez likes the Chargers, minus 2.5 or 3 as his best bet. He likes the Raiders, also plus 2.5. Another game. He likes, and I think this is actually a very sharp play. New Orleans will tee it up tomorrow at home against the Tennessee Titans, who have looked sensational their last four weeks. Not only has the Titans won four straight, they won four straight outright as an underdog. That has only happened seven times in the NFL in the last 22 years. 
And in that fifth game, those teams are only two and five straight up and one and six against the number. However, we're not going that direction. Fez likes a total bet here. He likes the first half under. Right now, it looks like the number is about, mm, looks like it's 22. So for reference, you're, here's the situation. Fez has been on the unders in the first half in these games. He's going back to the well. The first half under, New Orleans, Tennessee, under 22. Last week, New Orleans and Atlanta only had 10 points in the first half. He expects this to happen again. You're looking at a couple of teams that are going to run first, ball control, field position games. Frankly, this game promises to be, it, it feels like it's going to be a defensive battle anyway. And as the game goes on, what usually decides these is a turnover or a big play. But if Tennessee's defense shows up the same way it does, did against the Rams Sunday night, this is going to be a game where points are very much at a premium. And yes, I expect both teams to get out of the gate a bit slow. And remember, New Orleans will not have their starting quarterback. So, Chargers best bet, minus 2.5, minus 3. Raiders at home, plus 2.5. New Orleans Saints, Tennessee, first half under of 22. Those are the first three bets of the Fezzik 5. Now, Fez... I've known since 2010. He does a great job in betting season totals. And here in Las Vegas, or probably in some of the other markets around the country too, uh, season win totals are adjusted as the seasons go on in all sports, certainly the NBA. And Fez has a couple of interesting NBA season win totals that he believes the markets clearly have not adjusted enough for in the first 10-11 games. First of all, Golden State has looked sensational. Uh, I believe they're 11-1 now. If you shop around, Fez pointed out at DraftKings, the Golden State win total, season win total, that he found was 49.5. He loves the over. Doesn't like it, he loves it. Golden State is not only clearly back, they have defensive chemistry. They can score. They took apart in the second half a very good Chicago team last night. Won that game by double digits. So they're already a contender. They're back. And when Clay Thompson returns, I believe it's going to be January, the team is going to be even better. So NBA season win total is part of the Fezzik Five. The Golden State Warriors at DraftKings bet the over of 49.5. Now, conversely... The Los Angeles Lakers. They might have Lakers uniforms, but Fez put in here in bold letters, WTF, question mark. The Lakers are not only stumbling, they're right around 500. LeBron is out another three weeks, and the season number for the total win total at the beginning of the season for the Lakers' season win total was 51. It's been adjusted down. It's now 48 and a half. Fez considers that a very minor adjustment, right? It's only a couple of games. And if you've seen the Lakers, they're not passing the eye test. Even Anthony Davis lashed out last night. So Fez likes the under in the Lakers' season win total of 48.5 wins at DraftKings. So quickly, the Fez at 5, and he'll be back next week. Chargers minus 3. Raiders plus 2.5 against Kansas City. Chargers host Minnesota. Saints-Tennessee under first half of 22. 
Golden State Warriors season win total over 49.5. Grab it. And the Lakers under 48.5 wins season win total. Coming up, let's bring in the crew. Couple of big uh, newsworthy items this week in the National Football League that I think were very big. We're talking about a couple of very prominent players, one a former league MVP, and one, uh, at least from an athletic standpoint, one of the most sensational receivers to play the game. They both end up with new teams starting tomorrow. They'll both be dressed tomorrow. Let's chop it up with the crew and get their thoughts and go back and forth and see what does this all mean, Pee-wee? But first, well, let's go to that silver tongue, silver tongue devil back from <laughs> UCLA duty. I understand he's the birthday boy, and I asked him, Aww. Brian, Brian. Yes. I asked him, Brian, see how smart Brian is. I said, okay. Brian, what year is your birthday? He said, Bernie, I have my birthday every year. It's Brian coming with the latest. <laughs> Bernie, fun fact, Russell Westbrook and I are the same age to the day. We, sh- we share the same no birthday. No kidding. We are the exact same age. So I always like to take a little bit of pride in the fact that, yeah, he and I are, and, and you obviously know his UCLA ties as well. So that's right. That's kind of a fun thing. So let's start with college football, a ton of games, and some of the games that ended later in the day is where we're going to begin. Number 22, San Diego State made a 35-yard field goal with about a minute 21 to go, and they win against Nevada 23-21 to as the Aztecs improved to 9-1. The number three Oregon Ducks are also 9-1 as they hold things down against Washington State 38-24. The Ducks had 306 yards rushing. And then there was number 15, Ole Miss, getting after it against number 11, Texas A&M. And down the stretch, the Rebels' defense making big plays. The pass downfield, big up! It's intercepted! Headed the other way is A.J. Finley! To the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the end zone! Touchdown, Ole Miss! The great David Kellum there, the voice for Ole Miss Learfield. A.J. Finley almost my last name and just one consonant difference there and so Ole Miss wins over Texas A&M 29 to 19 12th ranked Wake Forest outlasting 16th ranked NC State 45 to 42 there was a victory in emphatic fashion for number 10 Oklahoma State over TCU 63 to 17 how about number 25 Arkansas as they win via overtime 16 to 13 over LSU Cam Little knocked in a 35 yard field field goal. Kansas with the win against Texas 57-56 to in overtime when the Jayhawks went for a two-point conversion. They had come in 0-9 all-time against the Longhorns. Mississippi State was down 28-3 against number 17 Auburn in the first half. And then Will Rogers comes alive, the quarterback for the Bulldogs. He had six TD tosses and a come-from-behind win, 43-34 in favor of Mississippi State. A win for number 9 Notre Dame. Same can be said about 13th ranked Baylor as they serve the first loss of the season to number eight Oklahoma 27 to 14. And finally, not a great day overall for Texas Athletics, Bernie, because you had in college basketball, number one Gonzaga getting 37 points from Drew Timmy, and they get a win against number five Texas on the hardwood, 86 to 74. That Zags team looks really good. Also looking good in holding things down in Vegas. It is our guy, Bernie Fratto. 
All right, happy birthday, Brian. We will have to, uh, I'll have to talk, talk to Chris uh, uh, off-site here and see if we can rally some birthday music before the end of the show. <laughs> uh, I offered to the crew, they, you know, I, I said, I can sing uh, uh, Brian happy birthday in tenor. And they said, yeah, 10 or 12 miles away. All right, good night, folks. <laughs> happy birthday. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Let's bring in the crew. Uh, I want to set this up ever so briefly. I went on a couple of shows earlier in the week, and and I only want to – I don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. Let's let it play out. But regarding OBJ, I want to give three quick reasons why I believe Baker and the Browns are better off without OBJ. And the record tells the story. They're 10-4 and four without him, 14-15 and 15 with him. First of all, Cleveland's a run-first scheme. That's their offense. It's based on the run. It doesn't run through any individual player. It's based on scheme, and Baker Mayfield makes decisions. So you can't focus on one guy, and you might want the ball nine times a game, and if you're not getting it the first three series, you can't pout. Secondly, no more drama. Okay, Beckham wanted the ball early in the game, forced or not, and when he didn't get it, he had a cumulative effect throughout the game. Third, there's less options. On paper, I get that without Beckham, but there's more freedom. And in reality, that gives Baker Mayfield free to make the correct decision. Let's start with Chris Perfett. OBJ is coming to the Rams. What will they be able to do with OBJ that they couldn't have done before or thought the Rams had a good thing going? Well, if nothing else, it's a uh, unexpected reprieve to the fact that Robert Woods tore his, sure. tore his ACL. He's out for the year. So Odell Beckham Jr. immediately makes up for that depth that would have been lost by Woods kind of an interesting little bit of forception going on there. I think that Odell Beckham Jr. gives Stafford just more vertical weapons. I, I don't... Cooper Cup is still the number one receiver on that team, but any good offense in the in the NFL in this day and age spreads the ball around to multiple receivers. Just look at what Tampa Bay has done, you know, in the past year with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown, and one another, another one of those guys who kind of left his team to go play with a guy like Tom Brady. Kind of the same thing here. Odell Beckham Jr. Came to Los Angeles. He's going to be playing with Matt Stafford and gives him uh, a multiplicity of weapons to throw to. It's it's just that's it's going to be another deep ball threat for Stafford, and I, I like the move for Los Angeles. Well, I think you bring up a good point. Now, truth be told, they made the deal before Robert Woods got hurt, uh, but be that as it may, you have to deal with the here and now and the reality, and Robert Woods is hurt, so that does replace that depth. Uh, Bo Benson, your thoughts? I mean it- – it's a cheap deal and a flyer. Like you, you're taking a chance that maybe he was kind of, you know, Randy Moss and Oaklanding it for a while there in Cleveland. Um, Cause if they get the guy that was the all pro in New York, it looks like a steal. And as, as much as I love Cooper cup, um, if that's the Odell Beckham, they get, then he's the number one wide receiver in town. But you know, it's, it's a flyer. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then no harm, no foul. But, okay, now that's a really good – go ahead. But I'm no, I, I just – yeah, it's just – I'm excited for it. I think I think he might have something in the tank, but if he doesn't, then, like I said, like you just move on. Okay, that's an excellent point uh, because they're only committed to him for this year, and they can cut him anytime they want if it doesn't work out. And I talked to a couple of scouts who said the same thing you just said, Bo, that it's kind of a flyer deal. So if it works out, great. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. They'll, they'll, they'll move on. And the Randy Moss comparison is – applicable for this reason i remember in 2006 when moss quit on the raiders and he looked like he was done he ends up in new england and that year they went 18 and 0 they didn't win a super bowl you can thank uh, uh david tyree for that 
but that was an epic team with a powerful offense, and Moss refound himself. And I will tell you that if OBJ is anywhere of a shell, what Moss was in 2007 after leaving the Raiders like he looked he was left for dead and going to New England and rejuvenating his career, then Ram fans are in for a treat. Uh, Brian Finley, your thoughts. Bernie, I think there's a peer pressure now with professional teams in Los Angeles to have a lot of star power, and I I don't want to think that this wasn't an issue. I think there was a little bit of peer pressure from LeBron James, and Mm -hmm. you know he had really wanted a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. to come to Los Angeles, and there's a lot of flash, there's a lot of sexiness to professional teams right now with star power in Los Angeles, and if there's somebody who exudes those kind of traits, he's on the market. I feel like the Rams had to do it. And what this means to me, Bernie, is, I mean, if the Rams don't do anything but win the Super Bowl, it looks like a complete failure of a season. Well, I think that's kind of the stated goal because they've been to a Super Bowl and they're actually favorites over the Patriots. They'd like to get back there and they believe they have the quarterback that can put them over the hump. And this is another weapon. But I think there's three really good points because obviously L.A. has become a town of stars again. And believe me, I lived there a long time. I know what that means. But, uh, you know, it's a flyer and it's depth. So three good reasons. All right, let's flip real quickly to Cam Newton. I'm excited to see what Cam Newton can do. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do tomorrow. All I want to see is if he can pass from the pocket. Uh, I would I, I would say I've heard uh, Doug Gottlieb. I've sampled his show, and he's been quite candid and succinct that Cam Newton can't throw a football anymore. I don't know that he's wrong. But Cam's going to have a chance to go on the field and prove it. The question is, was this a PR stunt? Are they trying to sell tickets? Or does Matt Rule, after watching a couple quarterbacks fail before, think Cam can be the missing link to get them back over the hump and maybe into the playoffs? Because remember, we've got that 17th game this year, and they are not mathematically eliminated. You can always get hot. Cam did it before. Can he do it again? Or is this just a PR move? Chris Perfett. I don't think it's a PR move because in the middle of a season, teams don't have the luxury just to do PR moves. This is desperation. This was the guy who was on the market right now that every time the quarterback was getting hurt, people were like, well, Cam Newton's out there and he's ready to play. So it makes sense he goes back there. Just the cosmic irony that Carolina spent three draft picks, including a second rounder, to get Sam Darnold, and it's led them back to Cam Newton of all places just because of the injury. And I, 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 it's it's a it's a desperation play. It's a hail mary to keep them relevant in a division and in a wild card race. I think they still think is open, but I don't I don't really see it as a PR play. Just because again, we've got eight games to go, nine for some teams in the NFL, and I think they just they just are going with a guy that they hope has something in the tank to get them a few wins. Brian Finley, Carolina gets to play an Arizona team tomorrow without. Kyler Murray, it's my understanding he's out again. Uh, Is Cam Newton going to help them get back into the playoff hunt, or is this an overreaction and a PR stunt? You know, I I think it's so interesting that the Panthers would go with Cam Newton. And, Bernie, this is something I don't understand. With as many FBS college football programs having, you know, a lot of them decent quarterbacks, why are we at such an absence for quality quarterbacks in this league where you have to go all the way down the hallway and then two hallways down and then you make a right and then you find Cam Newton? It's just there's not a lot of value 
in, in quarterbacks, it's very top-heavy. You've got a couple good ones and then everybody else. And I think that there's probably not a lot that's going to be accomplished from Cam Newton, although I think he is playing with a chip on his shoulder considering how things went down with the Patriots. And he wants people to know that he's not done yet. The big reveal for me, though, was when he was available before New England grabbed him and, and Ron Rivera, uh, the quarterback, the, the coach of the Washington football team, who was his coach in Carolina, passed on him several mm-hmm. times. That, to me, is revealing. Uh, Bull Benson, what's your take on Cam Newton? Yeah, I, I really don't think Cam has much left. Uh, he lost his job to a quarterback who, while I think is going to be good, uh, you really have to dig deep on PFF stats to like make a case for Mac Jones being a, a good quarterback this year. So I don't think Cam has anything left, but Carolina's desperate. Uh, like Chris said, they gave up draft capital and actual money to put Sam Darnold at quarterback and kind of trick everybody for two weeks into thinking that maybe the Jets were the problem before he kind of just realized he was Sam Darnold again. So I, I think it's more on the team being desperate, but I think it is also, you know, good for Cam. It seems that he's happy to be back in Carolina. So I, I think I'm happy for Cam, but it's just kind of desperation for the Panthers. I just think it's a, I just think it's a happy coincidence that it's Cam and it was Panthers who needed the quarterback. And several teams do actually. What's interesting is though, I do think Mac Jones legitimately beat him out. And the one thing Mac Jones can do and he's proven is operate from the pocket. And that to me is the biggest question for Cam Newton tomorrow. I'm going to watch that game and I would just really say that if Cam cannot operate from the pocket, Gottlieb is right. He can't just take off and run like he used to. He was the MVP, but that was seven years ago. All right, coming up. I want to talk about why the Thursday night football game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins, even though it was a clunker, why it was so impactful in this in this iteration of the NFL circa 2021, and there's a very specific reason. Also, I promised one of our top listeners in Houston a shout-out. He also has a birthday. He will be getting that shout-out. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We are back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific and 6 a.m. Eastern. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to get to the significance of the Baltimore Ravens-Miami Dolphins game Thursday night in the NFL. You might say, Bernie, what the hell are you talking about? That game was an absolute clunker. But it served, a, it served a purpose, and I'm going to share that with you. But first, uh, one of our listeners uh, in Houston, Chewy in Houston, it is also his birthday on this upcoming Monday, and he asked for a shout-out, and we give Chewy a shout-out. Uh, Chewy in Houston, happy birthday. We appreciate your support uh, straight out of Vegas. Uh, you've always been supportive, and as well as Fox Sports Sunday. Give my best to you and your peeps in Houston. And Chewy also wanted to, you know, include a few of his friends from Geeks and Gamers. Jeremy, also known as D-Day Cobra, Tugs, The Tug Life. And he also wanted shout-outs to uh, a film channel called Film Roast. Uh, two folks named Andrew Sprogue and his wife, Jessica. So hope everybody enjoys Chewy's birthday on uh, Monday. All right. I mentioned the Baltimore game Thursday. The Ravens were laying seven at Miami. Uh, one of the trends we've noticed, uh, Jason Martin asked a good question earlier tonight, 10-20, when I was on with uh, Jason and and uh, and uh, Aaron Torres. They're on the network every Saturday night from 7 to 11 Pacific. I do a hit at about 10-20. Here's the thing. He asked about, you know, the overs and unders on Thursday night. And, you know, early on there was a trend uh, the first few years, the games would typically go under, but the markets have adjusted. And it's about 50-50, but where am I going with this? Road teams were finding out struggle mightily now in November because they're tired. But that game, and you saw Baltimore struggle. They lost 22-10 to as a seven-point favorite, and that's that's not good for the Ravens. The Dolphins are not a good football team, uh, and, and they'd beaten Houston. But you know what? This is the National Football League, right? As they usually say on every given Sunday, on any given Sunday. Well, now I guess it's on any given Thursday. Well, here's what I want to get to. We know that was a bad game. As a matter of fact, it was so uneventful that heading into the fourth quarter, there were 14 punts and nine points combined with the two teams. So the two teams combined for 14 punts and combined for nine points. We're talking Lamar Jackson here. We're talking Hollywood Brown here. We're talking about a prolific offense in the Ravens. You could have gotten a prop before the game, 165 to 1, that no touchdown would be scored by either team. And the darn thing almost cashed. Xavier Howard 
His fumble return for the Dolphins with 11.23 to go in the game, that was actually the first touchdown of the game, which speaks to the fact that this was not a good game. However, it also speaks to the fact that what was significant is it showed the importance and how the NFL needs and is relying on sports betting and legalized sports betting across the country to enhance the viewing participation of National Football League games because the audience stayed with this game. You think they're going to stay with the game if they don't have a, a bet on the side or a teaser or a live teaser or even that over-under? 14 punts and 9 points into the fourth quarter, not exactly a dynamic game. However, the audience stayed with it. And why? Because of the wagering aspect. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And I think they'll continue to benefit from that as there are now 27 states nationwide that have legalized betting. Coming up, former Las Vegas Raider coach John Grude is suing the NFL. We'll chop it up with the crew. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Fox Sports Sunday Machine rolls on. Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We will take you up to 3 p.m. or check that 3 a.m. Pacific, 
6 a.m. Eastern, as we are now eight hours and 59 minutes away from NFL Week 10. And speaking of the NFL, major news this week. I think this is major news when you consider what the potential long-term ramifications may be as you start to peel back the onion. I'm talking about the John Gruden lawsuit. Uh, John Gruden, as you know, resigned as the Raiders coach a month ago after the homophobic and misogynistic and the racist emails uh, that he wrote were published by the Wall Street Journal, and he is suing the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell for what Gruden's lawyers say, quote, was a concerted effort by the league to ruin his career. So this is all happening fast. Life comes at you fast. The lawsuit was filed Thursday right here in Nevada at the 8th Judicial District Court in Clark County. That's all a bunch of gobbledygook to you. It's in the city of Henderson, where I live. I live in Henderson, Nevada. I live a few minutes from the Las Vegas Strip in the city of Henderson. And here's why this is important that it was filed in state court. This is a maneuver. It was filed in state court, not federal court. Why? Because in state court, the law in Nevada is much more broad when it comes to discovery. Don't you know they want to see the rest of those 650,000 emails? So stay tuned. Basically, Gruden is accusing the league and Roger Goodell of, quote, engaging in a malicious and orchestrated campaign, end of quote, against Gruden, alleging basically that somebody intentionally leaked the emails during the middle of the Raiders season to inflict, quote, maximum damage on Gruden and his team. It's my understanding these emails existed uh, months ago, but they released them just recently. Now, the Wall Street Journal, well, it first reported that Gruden had used these racist tropes to denigrate Demora Smith, who, of course, is the executive director of the NFL Players Association. That was back on October 8th. And the head coach, that Coach Gruden, he remained in his position after the report, but then the league, quote, ratcheted up the pressure by threatening to make even more evidence public if the Raiders failed to terminate Gruden. Now, the lawsuit alleges that the league leaked more communications to the Times, the New York Times, which published a report on October 11th. So hours after that, John Gruden resigned. And the NFL had discovered the problematic emails because it was part of a larger investigation that you've all heard about a thousand times by now having to do with the Washington football team and all their misconduct uh, accusations. This is very real, and this was a byproduct. The Gruden thing was a byproduct of that, and they found many emails going back to when Gruden was just an ESPN commentator, not just an ESPN commentator, but that he wasn't coaching then between him and Bruce Allen, an executive with the Washington football team. Again, roughly 650,000 messages that have been reviewed by the NFL been back in July they determined the workplace environment in Washington was highly unprofessional and they perpetuated a lot of bad behavior and the Reds, well, they're not the Redskins anymore. Sorry about that. The Washington football team was fined $10 million. All right. I want to focus on the Gruden thing because um, Brian McCarthy, an NFL spokesperson, he, believe me, he's been with the NFL a long time. When I was with uh, uh, CBS 97.1 in Detroit back in 2004, Las Vegas, city of Las Vegas, wanted to purchase advertising the Las Vegas Visitors and Convention Bureau for Super Bowl 38, played in Houston between the Patriots and the, and the Carolina Panthers. And the NFL said, no, we try, I wanted to get Brian McCarthy on our show and he wouldn't come on. But he's, he's a big shooter. He's a, been with the NFL a long time. His, he's responded. He told CNN, quote, 
These allegations, Gruden's allegations, are entirely meritless, and the NFL will vigorously defend against these claims. And it gets worse for Gruden. Uh, Right after he resigned, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who Gruden was the head coach of when they won their first Super Bowl title, removed his name from the Ring of Honor uh, at at Raymond James Stadium. Now, I want to bring in the crew and talk about this. And here's why. Because I really want to know what Gruden's motive is here. Uh, Does he want money? Does he want more money? It seems to me that I'm not sure why that would be the motive because he's got a ton of money and he just got a settlement. Uh, I believe the Raiders owed him $60 million on his contract. He did get a settlement. Uh, He's not allowed to talk about it. But see, whatever money he didn't get, I'm quite sure that the settlement would have spelled out he can't seek damages. Right. Meaning. So let's say this is just for purposes of this discussion. See, the Raiders owed him 60 million <laughs> if he finished his uh, if he finished out his contract. They said, we'll give you 30. So now he says, well, I, I'm short of 30. I want to come back at you for damages because that's part of my you know, lawsuit. I don't think that happened. I, I think there would have been language in the settlement and a non-disclosure that he can't go back for damages, meaning he was he, he would have gotten 30 more million had none of this happened. I do believe he lost sponsorships with Madden and I think Skechers. And let's you know, let's say those each are, you know, a couple million a year. I don't know. I'm just talking out my hoo-ha here. But would would you know four million in damages be enough to go so is money his motivation? Would four million in damages be enough to I mean that's gonna be attorney fees and believe me, the NFL's got deep pockets to fight this, but I think Gruden team Gruden might too. So why is he doing it? Money? Eh. Is he doing it to restore his reputation? Is this really the way about doing it? To keep this public? What if there are more damning emails that are published and make Gruden look worse? I don't know. I don't have any inside information on any of this. I'm just throwing spitballs against the wall. Or, look, has he been evicted and he's going to trash the apartment on the way out and extract his pound of flesh? What the hell? Go scorched earth. I cannot think of a good reason why John Gruden would want to do this. Uh, and, And I know a thing or two about law. And I would say this, that when you sue in a civil matter, you sue to mitigate loss. That's what you do. All right, if Gruden, if if John Gruden's doing this to get his good name back, I don't think it accomplishes that. Money, that part doesn't make sense. And God forbid, if he's trying to go scorched earth, why the hell would he do this when this is this wouldn't end well for anybody? Uh, if he's trashing the apartment on his way out because he feels he's been evicted. All right, I'm speculating. Let's bring in the crew. Uh, let's start with uh, Chris Perfett. Now, Chris. I just gave three examples of speculative reasons why he might have done this. Am I leaving anything out, or would you select one of those, or do you have an idea of your own? I think it's a little bit of a mixture of, I think this might be, he realizes if he's going to get money to go away, this is probably going to be his last payday. Uh, I don't think he's getting his, I agree with you, he's not getting his reputation back. Uh, what hap- What he put in those emails is so unbelievably damning and so unbelievably destructive to his uh, reputation that he had that there's no way to get it back. And look, I <laughs> I listen, I, I talk with some people in the legal profession. I can't tell you how many legal counsel there are hired by companies whose entire job is to follow the example of Frank Quattrone, who was you know a Swiss bank executive who famously wrote in an email one time, time to clean up those files. Their entire job is to tell people, don't write, don't put that kind of writing in emails because it is discoverable and it will come back and bite you. 
don't do it. And Gruden blew himself up over just writing emails. I, right. I think I think when it comes to Gruden, it it's a mixture of spite. It's a mixture of money. He this is the last. I know he's got a lot of money squirreled away, but this is probably the last paycheck he's going to get because his his ability to earn money at this point is pretty much over. And I think are you that- sure about that? If he went away quietly, uh, this is a very forgiving country and had some contrition over time. I remember vigorously, and I'm not trying to draw a parallel, but for purposes of this discussion, I remember being on the radio in 2009 and vigorously defending Michael Vick after he paid his debt to society. Uh, You know, Mike Tyson came back and was champ again. This is a country of forgiveness. He's got to ask for forgiveness, and it's not overnight. So I, I think he, I think he would come back and earn a paycheck somewhere. I don't know if he would coach in college. Maybe he'll never coach again. I don't know, I, but I don't know that we can just draw that conclusion. Chris. I, I, I think powerful men do not do contrition very well compared to someone like Michael Vick or Mike Tyson, who had that humility. And John Gruden is a man who has never really had to do that kind of contrition at least as far as I know, before. And it's hard for a Tiger to earn those kind of stripes when you've never worn those stripes in the first place. Powerful men don't do contrition well. So this just feels like a bit of money and a bit of spite, a little bit of mixture going out there. I don't think he has any kind of noble intentions. If he trashes the NFL, if he makes them bring up anything else by this Washington lawsuit that I I, I kind of push back that we know too much about it because it feels like the Gruden emails were a way to bury the rest of the Washington thing. The NFL came out and did a news dump saying like, hey, we found no other wrongdoing in these emails. Really? Really, I don't buy that from the league at all. It feels like there's kind of some chess game that the league's trying to do and Gruden's trying to pull their bluff, but it's not for noble reasons. It's for selfish reasons to try to salvage something out of this. I, I Yeah, you covered a lot of ground there. Uh, I remember uh, in Tiger Woods in February 2010, it didn't look good for him. He came back and he was roundly cheered. Uh, in uh, April of 2019 when he came back and won the Masters. No one would have ever seen that. I think when someone faces their maker, uh, and Gruden will at some point, I think, regroup. Uh, I've, I don't know the man at all. i got to believe he's thoughtful enough and self-aware enough to someday he's going to understand the gravity of this. What I'm trying to focus on now, I can't practice psychology without a license tonight, even though I do it all the time on the radio. It's against the law. But... I'm trying to figure out what his motivation is in this lawsuit. I talked to an attorney friend of mine. He thinks he's really trying to put heat on the NFL. He wants, he's got it in for Goodell or somebody, whoever did this. And, and the, the funny line I heard was, I can't take credit for it, was he's looking to either have Goodell put his hand on the Bible or put his hand on the checkbook, meaning he's going to force his hand to the point where these, these emails are released. And I don't know if that could, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. That's where it's a double-edged sword. Or you press the NFL so far, let's assume, again, you know what happens when we all assume, let's, let's assume just for fun in this conversation that the NFL doesn't want those released either because who else might it make look bad? It might it make someone in the front office look bad. Potentially, theoretically, allegedly, could it make Roger Goodell look bad? Maybe did he participate in some emails? I don't know. But... If this spills over, this could get very salacious. I don't think it would be good uh, for the NFL at all, not that we're going to stop watching, but they don't need this kind of negative publicity. Yeah, and- so 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to that, it, I think I think it's the second case because going back to that original New York Times report that kicked all of this off a few years ago, there were allegations of the Washington football team doing things that could be possibly construed in 2021 as sex trafficking. Like, I don't think the NFL wants anything to come out from this. And I think it's far more likely that if this does go to a point where you're getting to what you just said, where it's either Roger Goodell opens, puts his hand on the Bible, or puts his hand on a checkbook, it's going to be the checkbook 99% yeah, of the time. That's it, what it, my they, lawyer they, friend they, thought. They don't want, they don't want, they moved so fast to bury this, to lay this all on Gruden and say, well, case, case is closed. We're washing our hands of this. They know that there's something else there and they don't want any business without being out in the open and very true and if that's if that becomes the end game here whereby the nfl never releases these but they settle with gruden out of court then it's a tacit admission that we're damning things for other people we just might not ever know who those names are we're going to continue with this uh, with the rest of the crew, we'll bring in Bo and Brian. This is a topic that's going to have a lot of legs, trust me. Uh, and there's two things I know about lawsuits. They're time-consuming and they're costly. So as new developments occur, we'll continue to file the story. We're going to continue to discuss it tonight. I'm trying to, trying to find out what is Gruden's motive. Does he want more money? Is he trying to restore his good name? Or... Is he just trying to trash the apartment on the way out when he's been evicted? We're going to continue to see if we can circle around the subject and come to a consensus. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studio. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Man, we're just eight hours and 39 minutes away from another week, well, from week 10 in the NFL. Oh, there's been one game in the books, but the full Sunday slate. Upon us, big news in the NFL this week. We're talking about the John Gruden lawsuit, trying to read his mind and understand what the motivation would have been on why he would engage in this, what will be a very public and potentially uh, very salacious event. Uh, does he want more money? Well, I never count anybody else's money, uh, but I think he's probably got enough for the next 32 lifetimes. Is he going to try to restore his reputation? I don't know that this is going to do that. This is going to get ugly, and they're going to start slinging mud at each other between Gruden and the NFL or... Does he feel he's been evicted? And so he's going to simply trash the apartment on the way out. Anyway, man, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Uh, Brian Finley, let's continue the discussion. Uh, what is your theory on why Gruden is engaging in this? Yeah, Bernie, first of all, his emails, his actions, unconscionable, horrific, disgusting. Name whatever adjective you want there, and that's what it is. This is a guy who knows that the life that he knew is over. And this is like somebody who realizes that the enemy in a war is breaking through and the person knows they're a goner. And they're just going to throw a grenade and maybe pick off a couple people on the way. They already know they're down. They're, they already know that their fate is sealed. But they just want to bring somebody down with them. Because you know what they say, Bernie, hurting people like to try and hurt people. And I think that he's trying to, to get others involved here. And again, like you said, Bernie, obviously there's a lot that doesn't want to get out for the sake of the NFL and, and their interests. I just think that in a day in which we live now, it's hard to hide anything. So while he might not get more info from the NFL right now and expose other people that might be doing things, because I think, Bernie, a lot of people are having a hard time sleeping at night because they know they sent an email that they regret, and they hope that their name is not the one that is trending on Twitter looking to be canceled. There's a lot of people, I think, that are like that. But, I, again, I think it comes down to him just realizing that, look, my, my days are done, and I just want to bring somebody else down. And I do think eventually we're going to find who else is involved. It just might take time. You, you mentioned something at the top that stuck in my uh, mind here. Uh, it has a lot of merit. It reminds me of what I call the Bobby Knight syndrome, and that is sometimes people who were in the spotlight for their life, and now they're no longer in the spotlight, they come to the realization that, 
they're going to miss the spotlight a lot more than the spotlight misses them. And I'm wondering if this may be one of those situations where Gruden finds a way to stay in the spotlight, although I don't know that that's his motive. We'll have to see as the lawsuit goes on. I think he just might, like you said, the grenade. He wants to throw a grenade at some other people. He Maybe he knows something we don't know that are in those emails, which obviously the NFL, like Chris said, is in no hurry to release. All right, Bo Benson, you've been waiting patiently. What's your thought? Yeah, I think it's just revenge for for Gruden. I think he just wants to try to take as many people down with him as he can. Um, and the NFL definitely, uh, when the NFL tried to say that you know John, they looked through all those emails and John Gruden was the only person that had any damaging emails in there. That's uh, I don't believe that, that for a second. Doesn't pass the laugh test, yeah, does it? Not, How could it? How could it? Not at all. So I, I think Gruden's definitely pissed that he's the only person that's going down. But like, I also. I, I just don't think there's John Gruden is not a good enough coach to get any job. I think after this, the Raiders, oh, no. the Raiders have kind of looked better without him there. And I mean, they've collapsed every season that he's been there. Um, and I just, I, so I, I think it is just like, he's not going to get any jobs back after this. He's, he's not going to get a TV job. No one's going to hire him because he's always going to be connected to this stuff. So I think he's just trying to take as many people down with him as he can. Yeah. No, I think that may be exactly right. Uh, he, look, I, I don't know that he's an egotistical guy, but he's got a big ego. From what, But I, it, it's been my understanding that in his interpersonal encounters with people, uh, he's been pretty good. And I, now I've never met him. I've met a lot of people, and I'll name drop with the best of them. But I've never met Gruden, and nor have I ever had any interest in, in meeting Gruden. Uh, I don't say that with any context or any agenda. It's just one, one of those one of those deals. So, it, you know, in case folks missed any of what we were talking about here, this is important because this is going to be an ongoing story with a lot of legs. It just surfaced Thursday. John Gruden, who resigned as the Raiders coach about a month ago, is suing the National Football League and the commissioner, Roger Goodell, for what Gruden's lawyers, lawyers, plural, say was a concerted effort by the league to ruin his career. Interestingly enough, the lawsuit was filed here in state court, state court in the 8th Judicial District Court in Clark County, Nevada, Henderson, Nevada, the city I live in, which is just a couple miles, a few miles from the Strip, right in Las Vegas, but it's Henderson, there's some significance to that because when you file a case of this nature in state court instead of federal court, especially in Nevada, the laws here in Nevada are more broad when it comes to discovery. Discovery is that process whereby you request information and it's provided. You and I both know Gruden would love to expose those emails. What's his motive for exposing those emails? So he can hold the NFL up for more money? Not so sure that's the motivation. He just got a big settlement with the Raiders, even though he had about $60 million left on his contract. And to Bo's point, you know what? Gruden didn't light it up here. Let's be honest. He was 15-23 and 23 when he resigned. Third year, no playoff appearances. And we don't know where the Raiders are going to end up this year. So it's not like he was – no one's going to confuse him with Bill Belichick. All right. Money. Ah. He got the – you know, he can't I'm, – I'm quite sure that there's language in the contract that states – or in the settlement, it states not only can he not talk about it, but that whatever money was left on the table, meaning so 
Gruden had, say, six years, 60 million left on the contract. And let's say for purposes of this discussion, they settle for 30, which means there's 30 he didn't get. And he, I'm quite sure, is the recipient of language as part of the agreement saying he cannot go back <coughs> and list that as damages. I'm getting all choked up about this. Uh, give me a second here. All right. Where am I going with this? I can't think money would be the motivation. And I do know that he lost a couple of sponsorships, I think, with Madden and uh, Skechers. Let's say that's a couple million a year each. How that's going to be his legal bills. So what is it? He's not going to restore his good name. People aren't going to look up and say, hey, you were right. Come on back. So is it vindictiveness? Is it uh, revenge? What is it? And so as this goes on, uh, I, I it's part of the larger investigation that was resulting from the Washington football team and all the indiscretions and situations and, uh, uh, you know, bad behavior that you all know about by now that has been published. But what bothers, I think, Gruden's lawyers is that there's no explanation or justification in their view, I'm quoting them, on why Gruden's emails were the only ones made public out of 650,000 emails collected in the NFL's investigation of the Washington football team. So I don't know how they answer that question. When they answer that question, I can tell you this, that this is a story that you're going to see has legs and it'll be very public and very sensational to observe. Coming up, is there a new Sports Illustrated or Madden cover, Jinx? We're going to bring in the crew again to talk about that. But first, let's go to the birthday boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at this music. Shout out to Chris P. So, let's go to the birthday boy, author of the book, <laughs> the best-selling book. Oh, gosh. I'm the founder of the Fenley Fanatics. You're not. It's Brian Finley with the latest. I, I thought the book that I wrote was How to Be a Clown, and it's an autobiography. But I'll take that one, Bernie, as a compliment on your end, more so than how I would write my own book. But as far as college football, let's go there. Ton of games, including some marquee matchups that finished later on into the night on Saturday. Number three, Oregon. They dust off Washington State 38-24 to as the Ducks head over 300 yards rushing and they make the Cougars have to wait another week to try to get bowl eligible as WSU was now 5-5 five and five on the season. 15th ranked Ole Miss, they dent number 11 Texas A&M 29-19 with the Rebs coming up with a late pick 6 in the 4th quarter to help seal things in their favor. A win for number 12 Wake Forest as they rebound after losing last week to North Carolina. This time the Demon Deacons get it done against 16th ranked NC State 45-4 44. Number 25, Arkansas, gets a 35-yard field goal to go in off the foot of Cam Little to dishearten LSU 16-13 in that OT. Kansas with the improbable victory over Texas 57-56. The Jayhawks had come into that particular game 
0-9 all-time against the Longhorns, and Steve Sarkeesian continuing to, to have issues with where this team is going at UT. Mississippi State overcomes a 25-point deficit in the first half, and they stick it to number 17 Auburn, 43-34. Bulldogs quarterback Will Rogers had six touchdown tosses, really using that air raid offense of Mike Leach's to the team's best and number nine Notre Dame no problems against Virginia 28-3 13th ranked Baylor serves up a loss for number eight Oklahoma 27 to 14 and then just one mention Bernie from college basketball since we're getting early into the season but number one Gonzaga Showing everybody who's boss as they bossed around number six, Texas, 86 to 74. Drew Timmy had 37 points in the contest. And then Bernie from your old stomping grounds, number six, Michigan, having no issues in their win. 77 to 49 was the final score there as the Wolverines got the job done in emphatic fashion here against Prairie View A&M. So there you go, Bertie. With that, I'll send it back to you. All right. Thanks so much, Brian. Now, <clears throat> as programming becomes more and more creative, whether it's a sporting event or just a regular TV show, one of the big hits this football season has been the Manning cast. And the Manning cast, as you know, it's well, they've done five of them. There have been nine weeks in the NFL so far, but they've only been a part of five of them. And uh, they, weren't on, they weren't on the air last week. And there's been an angle to this, okay? Week one, Russell Wilson and Travis Kelsey joined Peyton and Eli, and then they both lost their week two games. Now, Rob Gronkowski made headlines for his lack of film study the following week, and he ended up losing to the Rams six days later. Then, week three, after week three, Matthew Stafford of the then 3-0 Rams, he gave the Manning cast, uh, you know, he, was, he joined the crew, and... You guessed it, the Rams lose the following week. And after Peyton and Eli, they took a few weeks off and, you know, they counted their money and, you know, maybe had a couple of cream de mints. All of a sudden, then uh, Tom Brady and Josh Allen, they come in Monday Night Football only to be, you know, swimming with the fishes in their next games. Now, over the years, we've had the famed Madden curse, right? Uh, and you know what that's all about. It's no, that's typically affected individual players, guys like Michael Vick, Peyton Hillis, boy, there's a name running back for the Browns back in the day. Sean Alexander, another stud running back for Seattle who came out of Alabama back in the day. They're all on the on the cover of man uh, of the Madden game, and uh, and the following year something always bad would happen. And uh, the and before that. I'm sure folks remember the old Sports Illustrated cover jinx where you'd be on the cover of Sports Illustrated the following week, I don't know, your team would lose or you'd have a terrible game or, or something of that nature. So you've had the Sports Illustrated cover jinx or the Madden cover jinx. And all of a sudden the Manning cast, now, I don't know if this is a coincidence or there's something to this. Uh, you know, there's some nexus that you can you can make a connection as to a causal effect. You go on with the Mannings and you're maybe you're not focused the next week. Uh, so the long and the short of it is, you know, I don't think Eli or Peyton would intentionally sabotage anybody, but is the Manning cast, the new 
curse. Now, I can't really go down that road tonight because I don't even know if they're going to have the Manny cast this Monday or how many more times they're going to have it this year. I do think it's here to stay, and I do think it's going to be copied. So I want to bring in the crew to kind of take it down a different road because um, I was at a wedding last week in Michigan. We were sitting around and... You know, late into the night, uh, we, 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 you know, we might have had a few uh, too many. And I was surprised because it was about 50-50. Not everybody was down with it. They just want to see a regular broadcast. And some people thought it was clever and great. And I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I actually switch back and forth. What's not to like about the Mannings? And they both won two Super Bowls. And they're funny and they're glib and they're smart. And they, they take the fans behind the curtain and break down an NFL game with – coach speak in a way that's very entertaining and they get away with it and then the, they, they watch the games as fans and so now and then there'll be a timeout or something and Eli oh what they do there you know they're like they have this boyish charm that they'll never outgrow and pretty much everybody likes the Mannings even the people who hate the Mannings like the Mannings maybe they beat your team maybe you're upset whatever they're very likable the question is let's bring in the crew get their thoughts Chris Perfett did you watch the Manning cast you like it yes or no what say you? I did not watch the Manning cast as uh, there's, I mean, on one hand, I am definitely in the camp where I just want a regular broadcast. I don't like when guys, like, th- this is my problem when they did the coaches' film room during a lot of the BCS championships and the college football playoff oh, championships. It's very similar, too, yeah, yeah. Where, like, I, I need to, I, I understand why some fans want to break, keep breaking down a play as the rest of the action's going on, but football is both a slow and a fast sport in that I want to fo- I want to get to that next play because I don't want to miss what's going on. And sometimes when you're just obsessed with one play, you just miss some of the other action out there. Uh, from a technical producer standpoint, I am very miffed at how low rent the whole thing is. It's, it's basically a Zoom call. And I don't understand why they're not together in the same room. And I don't. So understand. you sampled it. You you sampled it. I, and saw I, enough I of did. It to- I did because Twitter keeps blowing up about it, and every all these like NFL bloggers are like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. And I keep watching it. And I'm like, I don't understand why the call quality is so low. I don't understand why they're not in the same room. And I just did not like the vibe of it. I've tried it before, but it's just clearly not for me. You know, I didn't really think of it in those terms, but you're not wrong. And I think it's, I don't think this is an NFL sanction. It's got, you know, they're broadcasting No, it's their own ESPN. production company. Yeah, it's their own yeah. production company. And that's kind of why it's kind of been on and off on ESPN too. And I, I, I'm curious how long it sticks around. I know it's it's the toast of the of the nation right now, but so was Tony Romo predicting plays off the bat, uh, and that kind of faded away. Don't get so. me started on that. So yeah, I, I'm no, curious right. how much staying power there is for well, this. Well, and I'll tell you what, to that end, I'm curious, because I'm not one of those people that happened to bash uh, Steve Levy and, and, and Charles Davis and Brian uh, Greasy. Uh, or forgive me if it's not true. Look, the bottom line, I think they do a good job. Those guys do a good Lewis job. Louis Riddick, you mean, I think? Louis Riddick, I'm yeah. sorry, yes. Uh, thanks for correcting me. Those guys do a good job, and they're smart, and they're insightful, and, uh, and I believe he didn't play the game, but he's recognized as an all-around uh, good guy. I'm mildly curious to see how much they copy uh, what the Manny cast does and start to add some of their own shtick. Uh, Brian Finley, do you watch the Manny cast? If you do, do you like it or, or no? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, Bernie, I, I do like it, and I think that it's a nice deviation from the norm. I think that this structure is going to be seen more in sports media as we move forward. Maybe not necessarily Manning, per se, in, in that conversation, but I think we're going to have more of this authentic, more human, real, just 
guys or, or gals just sitting around and having a conversation. And I think that what makes them and the Mannings per se very successful and the ratings are so high is because people understand that there, there's this thing with broadcasting, Bernie. You know, they always tell you, be yourself and don't be somebody else. But sometimes when you listen to these national broadcasts and it's all done up professionally, this and that, that you feel talked down to as a listener, but I feel like I'm in the room with the Mannings, and it's just more relatable, and I think we all, you know, unless you're an only child, we all have a sibling, we all know what it's like to poke fun at that sibling and make jokes, and so it makes us think about our own childhood or our own relationships with our siblings, which sort of brings in the human element, and I think that's what attracts people, so I don't see this going away anytime soon, and I'm sure more and more networks are going to find ways to try to test this idea with other prominent athletes and see what more ideas they can throw out there yeah i think it's going to be copied uh bull benson your thoughts uh i've watched a bit of the manning cast i think it's fine uh they have comedic chops so they're an entertaining watch um i just think they're getting prepped to take over monday night football full time uh hopefully in the same you know they actually go to the uh the stadium because uh espn's been struggling for the last few years to fill that monday night booth i think I think Levy, Riddick, and uh, Greasy are atrocious calling the games. Really? I they're terrible. They don't. Where do they fall short for you? Did you watch the one? Did you watch the game against uh, the the Bears Steelers game when Levy got a story about Najee Harris wrong? Oh yeah, no, no, and I know then, all about uh, that. And uh, let me just answer you directly. I didn't see that as it was happening because I go back and forth between the Manning cast and the broadcast. And typically, it's about, frankly, 75% of the broadcast and 25% of the, of the, of the Manning cast uh, because a lot of times, like Chris said, it'll it'll spill over and the next play is happening, and I want to watch it. I take notes and all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I'll throw him a little bit of a hall pass on that, but go ahead and continue yeah, your thought. Well, and then at the end of the game, Levy totally screwed up the uh – the field goal, he made it sound like the ball was much closer than it actually was. Oh, that was bad. He said it hit the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, and it landed on the goal line. They've just they've just struggled ever since um Gruden and Tarico left. So they've you know, the <laughs> the booger fiasco and this, I just don't think anybody really enjoys the boot they put together. So I think they definitely want to try to get some star power back up in there with the Manning brothers and maybe they'll find well, somebody somebody that's not Steve Levy. So fair enough. Your your beef is more. You know, this is an interesting conversation. We might have another day because Monday Night Football just had its fiftieth anniversary last year. And look, there'll never be a, a Howard Cosell and a Dandy Don Meredith uh, again, and a Frank Gifford. It, it, they're just and TV had much more of a statuesque quality to it. People who were on TV were seen as larger than life. The world has shrunk. People aren't nearly starstruck uh, like they used to be. And I, just a quick aside, I got to tell you, Danny Don Meredith and Howard Cosell did not get along. They tried to hide it, but it was unreal how much tension there was in a good way. And all it did was add to the broadcast. And Howard Cosell looked at Danny Don Meredith like he was a dumb jock. And Cosell never got over that. He talked about it in his book. He was concerned about, quote, the jockocracy of broadcasters who were in the profession merely because they played the sport, not because they could do this. And he was over the top about it. Um, and there was one particular exchange that happened on live TV 
One night they were actually getting along well. And uh, Howard Cosell looked at Don Meredith, who was a very good quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in the 60s, got the Cowboys to a couple of championship games, lost to Green Bay in the famous Ice Bowl back in 67. And he says, well, Dandy Don, we're having a good time tonight. Matter of fact, you're rather truculent tonight, Dandy Don. He goes, well, thank you, Howard. I am. He goes, well, wait a minute, Don. Do you know what the word truculent means? He goes, of course I do. He goes, well, what does it mean? He says, well, Howard, if you had a truck and I borrowed it, that would be a truck you lent. Right on cue, just like that, and it was hilarious and brought the house down, and all it did was add to the tension. I don't know that they're ever going to have that kind of presence with these guys on Monday Night Football again, and maybe therein lies the reason behind why the Manning cast started in the first place. And I, I don't even know if they're going to have it this Monday. All right, coming up. You know him, you love me, can't without him. We're gonna come in, we're gonna bring you back out to Las Vegas uh with Mackinac Sports and, and Mackenzie Rivers. And obviously they're uh, you know, given the Cam and OBJ signings, you can't cover that without giving a Vegas angle. We're gonna get to that in just a second here. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Stick and stay, you're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live 
from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And we take you back out to Las Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. It's that time, Mackenzie Rivers, Mackinac Sports. And Mackenzie, a couple of big signings this week, OBJ and Cam Newton. And the truth of the matter is, you can't really cover this story without analyzing how it moves the needle in a numbers fashion. It's an excellent illustration of the betting dynamics here in Vegas. Cam Newton's quarterback probably matters more than OBJ. And we did see the Panthers' season win number tick up, even if it gives them a quarter chance to win one more game. That's significant when it comes to the season over-under. But the OBJ signing passes what I call the I-15 test, Mm. which is when they're driving down from L.A. on the I-15, what are the chances they're going to pull over upon hearing this news and say, you know what? I could see the Rams winning the Super Bowl. That's why we saw the third favorite still, the Rams, L.A. Rams Super Bowl. Third favorite went from 8-1 to one to plus 750. The Westgate big book here in town went from 10-1 to one to 8-1. to one. Now, here's what's really illustrative of this Rams story. I think most people would agree, PFF, all the analytics would say Robert Woods is the better receiver right now than Odell Beckham Jr. The same day that he actually signed the paper OBJ and became a Ram, Robert Woods, the second receiver on the Rams, went down with a season-ending ACL injury. Well, of course, the Westgate good people over there, they just took those Super Bowl odds that they just took down, and they bumped them right back up to make it fair. No, no, no. They didn't do that. They kept it right where they wanted them at 8-1 to because of that I-15 test. Nobody's pulling over to not bet the Rams because Robert Woods isn't there. It goes to show you the Rams are the public narrative right now in the NFL, and the numbers prove it out. They're the most bet against team world opener to Saturday, but Sunday, fun day, when the public gets involved, they're the most bet on team in the NFL. Good stuff, McKenzie, and uh, I think that kind of sums it up. And he's a you know a public person, OBJ. McKenzie will be back in about an hour to continue on with – his three props, one for each betting window, the early game, the mid-afternoon game, and the evening game. McKenzie is 10-3 and three since we started this segment a few weeks back in terms of him giving prop bets. So McKenzie will be back for an hour, an hour from now, with Mackin on Sports. Coming up, hard knocks in November in the middle of the season? We'll explain. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. The Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio rolls on. Three down, one to go. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We are now just seven hours, 59 minutes away from NFL Week 10 Full Slate Sunday. And I want to remind you, Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing. Because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. What is this noise about hard knocks in November in the middle of the season? Well, we talked about this last April when I was making fun of Mike McCarthy every week and the Dallas Cowboys that this was coming down the pike, that the Indianapolis Colts will make their debut on the HBO series Hard Knocks during the regular season. Well, it's here. It starts this coming week, November 17th. It'll mark the first time the Hard Knocks franchise will follow a team during the regular season. So, I mean, you've got cameras going behind the scenes. 
And in the in the past, they only followed him during training camps, but never during the regular season. Now you've got to really give a tip of the cap. This is going to take. Well, it's I'm sure it's already taken incredible cooperation from the Indianapolis Colts. And so this is going to be kind of a groundbreaking series. Although I think when we were talking about this last August, Chris Perfett brought up the fact that the NFL Films actually did three or four years of a series called All or Nothing for Amazon Prime, where they followed a team for an entire season. But here's the difference. They didn't show those episodes until the following summer after the season was gone. We've got some storylines here, all right? One of them is Carson Wentz. He, you know, this is a guy who was a number two pick in the 2016 NFL draft. He's trying to, you know, reimagine his career and and get the team to the playoffs like he did with Frank Reich and back in Philadelphia before he got hurt. He's trying to get his career back on track. And, I mean, you know, his final year with the Eagles, he threw 60 interceptions and got sacked 50 times. He's had a decent year. The Colts are alive to get to a playoff. All right? Another storyline. There are a number of Colts players who are not vaccinated. Carson Wentz is one of them. Linebacker Darius Leonard is one of them. Center, Ryan Kelly. These are notable players who were, have yet to be vaccinated, at least in the last couple of weeks. Maybe they have since. I don't know, but that's part of the storyline. And, you know, part of watching this is we'll get an op- a chance to see how the NFL wants to continue educating players and the inherent sort of intrigue of a quarterback and his teammates, as they resist that effort, they have to coexist with teammates who have gotten the vaccine. It'll be a little interesting also to see, if they show it up close and personal, the stricter protocols that Carson Wentz and his cohorts, who haven't been vaccinated, must deal with during the work week, in addition to maybe what comments they get from other players who are vaccinated or not vaccinated, right? So... They're, you know, the Colts, uh, they actually have a bye week, week 14, but the show's going to go on, and it'll be interesting to see how NFL players, what they do with their bye week. And we, we Look, I know some live it up, some are on a plane to Vegas, uh, some, veteran, some veterans, and they do other things. Uh, you know, it's not like when you have a day off in August in camp, this is different, right? Maybe Carson Wentz goes hunting somewhere, right? Uh, but they, the Colts got some personalities on that team, and, and they might share with some of the things uh, they do. So we're going to get nine installments of the Indianapolis Colts and Hard Knocks, the regular season uh, version, never been done before. And it's not always going to be, remember, we're not going to hear these feel-good stories of fringe players, you know, who's uh, who who, you know, was... His brother was shot over a piece of bubble gum, and he's going to go, you know, save the family. And he said he was undrafted, and but he's a really good guy, and he he made a good tackle on special teams. We're not going to see that because we're not going to see cuts. We're not going to see you know the the drama that we see during the preseason. This is going to be more of a deeper dive into the routines of players in the regular season. And I understand they're even going to like show equipment managers and what they do and practice squad players and support staff and uh, a lot of other people within the organization that provide sort of the basis for the lifeblood of the entire organization, just not on-field players. So with all of our busy schedules and games and work things, to, are you going to watch? Chris Perfett, are you going to make a point to watch Hard Knocks regular season version? I probably will not, Bernie. Um, I'm not much of a fan of regular Hard Knocks as it is, and I think right. the problem is 
the the NFL calendar is so especially this time of year if you're also a fan of college football the calendar is so stacked in favor of live sports coverage where we're going to have you know Mac games in the middle of the week and we're going to have you know Monday night football Thursday night eventually here soon the NFL is going to start playing on Saturdays as well and we're going to have the Thanksgiving game coming up it, it's it's such a loaded schedule that if you're into you know, gambling on top of it or even fantasy football on top of it, I don't have, I just don't have the bandwidth for it. I'm, maybe it might appeal to a certain audience, but for me, and I think for a lot of other people, I'm going to be curious how much, how much noise this is going to break through. Because I think when you're in the football season, it's a very different beast to get people's attention. Well, you've got the NFL in full bloom. Oh, check that. You've got the NHL in full bloom, the NBA off and running, college football back in August. You know, you've got pennant races in baseball, not to uh, d- diminish that, of course, but you've got a full slate of just about everything going on right now. Yeah, we got so, college basketball starting here, too. That, that too. So, And those games are all played on weeknights, and, and uh, are, most of them are, are going to compete for that kind of uh, TV time. Brian Finley, are you going to partake? Bernie, I stepped outside the room for a second, so if you wouldn't mind. Okay, we're talking about the Colts. Hard Knocks, HBO is uh, resuming Hard Knocks for the first time ever. It'll be nine, nine episode series of the Indianapolis Colts and Hard Knocks during the regular season as opposed to training camp. Yeah, I'm and, w- Oh, sorry, sorry, Bernie. No, go ahead. You're gonna watch. You're gonna watch. What are your thoughts? I, I, I think Chris brought up a great point. We are so saturated with live sports. I think there is definitely an appetite for that kind of content, Bernie. But it would have to be in the off season. I just think with the abundance of games in the intersection of so many different sports happening, people. I don't know if they have time in their schedule to build up a strong audience for that at that stage of where we are in the calendar year. I'm thinking there could be some some conflicts as well. Bo Benson, what are your thoughts? Uh, if they had chosen a team that's actually interesting, maybe uh, you I'd stole watch my thunder. We're going to continue on. Hold, <laughs> yeah. hold that thought. But just deal with the Colts, and we're going to come back to that. Uh, no, I will not. I'm not going to watch a minute of uh, Hard Knocks in season. Uh, no interest whatsoever. Oh. It's like everybody else said. There's just actual entertainment on. <laughs> You're coming yeah, sick like, with it tonight. So- uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is Bull Benson uh, there. Uh, reach him at uh, Bull Benson, uh, 1-800-BULL-BENSON. What were you going to say, Chris? No, it just it, I had some other producer here at Fox Sports Radio asking me about like a a documentary, I think, on like Tom Brady coming up or something. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Some other 30 for 30, but it's like when, when we have football on, I don't – like that. That's as 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 Fenley said. That that's that's off season content. But think about I watch, it though. But I watch sports to watch a live game of competition, gladiatorial matches, things of that nature. Like the human interest pieces are great, but they're secondary. And but there aren't like, going to be yeah. human interest. See, that's the thing here. This is going to bring you behind how the sausage is made during the season, which I'm frankly <laughs> surprised a little that any NFL team would agree to this as they're vying toward the playoffs and you've got a situation where do they really need this kind of distraction so this is not going to be a human interest story about the guy who was you know undrafted player out of uh, Bemidji State but he looked good on special teams and he's he's trying to make the team so his brother can get a new car or something look it's none of that there, it's you're what you're going to see is week in week out how the team conducts themselves as they 
try to make the playoffs. And so it, it, the human interest story aspect of this is out the window because there aren't going to be any cuts where they call you in and, and the drama, you know, and some teams didn't agree to that, by the way. But that drama of, you know, guys walking around on cut day with their cell phone and all of a sudden it rings. But sometimes it rings and they made the team. So I think in this particular case, if you're into – peeling back the, the layer. And I think this is actually going to be more popular, guys, than people realize. Here's where I throw a flag. Uh, I will sample it. And I think a lot of Frank Reich, and I like the Colts as a franchise, I think for the most part, they've done it right over the years. They're always relevant. They're, look, they're, I know Ursay's taking some heat. And no one's perfect. But the bottom line is they're always fairly relevant. They've won a Super Bowl. They've been to the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, for the most part, they, they've had good quarterbacks. I mean, those epic battles between the Colts and New England back in the day were always something to see. All right, so real quickly, let's go back around the room. What team in the National Football League would get your attention enough to where you'd say, okay, I'll watch because it's those guys? Chris, do you have one? Not, not – I, I think I used the wrong term on human interest. I mean in that – I. I, well, just if you yeah. had a team, and if you don't, you don't. You don't have no, to force I, I an answer. No, I don't. For, I don't. For have me, a, it would be Jacksonville. It would be Jacksonville. No, because I, I feel like I already, on, on the term of the sausage being made, I've already gotten enough from it, and I get that enough from, you know, I read up on beat writers or, you know, from Twitter accounts on what's going on in some of these places that I really don't need a an extra window into these things. I already know what's going on with the Falcons. I already know what's going on with the Lions. I already know what's going on with the Rams. There's really not a team that I feel like enhanced coverage will really do anything for me. So, no, I don't have a team for hard knocks. Well, I'd be curious mildly as to how they deal with this the conflict and the, vac- the vaccination in the locker room, unvaccinated versus vaccinated guys. All right. So you wouldn't have a team that would draw your curiosity. Brian Finley, would you? I, I want a team like Chris P's Lions. I want to see all the crazy things that Dan Campbell says. Although, Bernie, when you talk about people want to see what it's like behind the scenes, how the sausage is made, I, I feel like with every NFL team now and every primetime college program, NBA, they all have their own digital and creative teams now, and they're churning out all of this content. So what am I going to get from that series that I'm not going to get from Well, you don't know until you watch it. You don't know until you watch it. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, that that is a point. But you think about it, nobody is getting more access than team employees because they have the most trust to get the content out. I just don't know what I'm going to get. And then as far as people are, I think, in, in these interviews on, on Hard Knocks, it's like nowadays... Everybody is judged. It's like people want to say stuff and they don't want to get in trouble for what they're saying. And while that's a smart PR move, it doesn't make for interesting television. So, you know, people aren't maybe saying things that that could right, be Right, they know they're being observed exactly. by the cameras. Well, this is interesting because uh, I'll be curious to see what kind of ratings it get. Well, well it's HBO, so but I'll be curious to see what kind of coverage it gets because – Typically, I'm going to have to sample it, guys. And when we cir- when I circle back to the show next Saturday, I'll give you a couple of debriefs uh, because there- there's going to be something unforeseen. There has to be. Uh, but be that as it may, that doesn't mean everybody's going to enjoy it or watch it. And certainly maybe this crew, you got better things to do. Uh, Bo Benson, your thoughts again. If, you- if there was a team that would say, okay, wait a minute, I- I'll see that. 
you know, uh, that that one I'll go see. Who would it be? I'm going to sound biased, but uh, it's probably the Rams, just given everything that's gone on uh, lately with the team, bringing in Von Miller and then uh, signing Odell Beckham and losing Robert Woods. I think they're probably the the most interesting story. But kind of like Brian said, I'm sure the Rams will have something on their YouTube channel uh, documenting all that. I know, I know Von Miller has his own YouTube channel where he documented – uh, the day he got traded from Denver to LA. So uh, I think Hard Knocks is kind of just living in the past a little bit. Well, and I talked about that last summer. I wondered if it was an idea whose time had come because Dallas was giving us nothing. And when you look at the uh, how they select who's on Hard Knocks versus not who's on Hard Knocks, you know, can't be a first-year coach, can't be back-to-back. There's all this criteria, so there might be – 32 teams in the league, but there's only seven that are eligible. Yeah, as long as they have those criteria, I just don't think Hard Knocks has much of a place anymore. It, they need to find a way to to get rid of that criteria because uh, Hard Knocks would have been so much more interesting if they could have like gone to Jacksonville and right. seen that. But because they can't, it's just you gotta you gotta find some team and maybe hope you get something juicy, but you know you're not really going to. Right, and because Urban Meyer is polarizing. And to some people, Trevor Lawrence is polarizing. And that whole situation down there, uh, there might have been, you know, something unforeseen. But be that as it may, something that's not unforeseen, there are two coaches. This is not the script they wrote for 2021. And I was dead wrong about one of them. And I will tell you, my moles are telling me, if both of these teams lose tomorrow, these two coaches are on the hot seat. Hot seat. I'll explain. Coming up. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Goodness, just seven hours, 38 minutes away from kickoff NFL Week 10 for Sunday. The Thursday game is in the books. And for two coaches, I think tomorrow is important. And the first one is Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers an organization I thought was on the cusp of perhaps returning to a Super Bowl again. I think I might be wrong. Sunday, when Jimmy G threw a terrible interception very late in the fourth quarter as the 49ers were losing to the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, and their backup quarterback, there are some folks who believe that maybe that should be the last meaningful pass Jimmy G throws this season. I am not necessarily in that group. And if you're scoring at home or you're just by yourself, it's worth noting that the Niners, in their last 12 home games at Levi Stadium, they've lost 11 of them. Process that. Think about that. In the National Football League, which of all the sports has the best home field advantage, they've lost 11 of 12. Should they turn to Trey Lance? Kyle Shanahan wanted him, I guess. Now, we understand the rookie might not be ready, but what does it matter? Because if the 49ers lose every game the rest of the way, the experience Lance gets from practice and game reps will be invaluable. He hasn't, Trey Lance is not throwing a pass in a month. He needs the work. But I told all of you back in August when we went through the whole Mac Jones thing and Trey Lance, and he was not ready. Now, Jimmy G is San Fran's starter because Shanahan believes he gives the 49ers the best chance to make the playoffs. Those chances took a major hit last Sunday. The Niners, 3-5, and five, Again, I'm repeating myself, they lose to a Cardinals team without a starting quarterback, Kyler Murray, without their all-world receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and their top running back, Chase Edmonds. The Niners are now five games back of Arizona in the NFC West. This is not the script they would have written for 2021. You've got the Rams Monday night. Can the 49ers beat the Rams? They're home as four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Sure, they can beat the Rams. This is the National Football League. Is it likely they'll beat the Rams? Probably not, based on the way that the you know the Niners are playing recently. Now, if it's any consolation, in the last two years, the 49ers have had the Rams number. They've beat them in all four matchups. However, although the Rams look bad Monday night, you Sunday check that last Sunday night against the against the Titans, and we all know why. They weren't, the Rams weren't necessarily beat up as bad as a lot of the groupthink echo chambers said. As a matter of fact, 
the Rams actually held the Titans to 197 yards of offense last week. And the Rams come into this game as, you know, pretty clear favorites. The bottom line is the Niners were embarrassing last week. The Cardinals were out three of their starters, two of their star players. And the truth of the matter is if, if, the, if the 49ers put forth an, a, another performance uh, Monday night against the Rams at home where they're 1-11 in their last 12 at Levi Stadium, I am telling you, that Kyle Shanahan's seat is going to get warm. And if not hot, it's probably warm now. I'm not wishing it on him, but facts is facts. This would be his fourth losing season in five years, and I don't feel that, you know, that's going to play. By the way, for what it's worth, Shanahan did defend Jimmy G, and after, you know, losing in five of his last six games, the truth of the matter is the Niners are on track to miss the playoffs for the fourth time in the fifty in five years, and and the truth of the matter is, playing Lance might save his job. Even if he struggles at first, you know, if, if he doesn't go to to Lance, which I, I this is a I'm glad I'm not in his shoes because uh, any some late season surge to get them to eight and nine or nine and eight, I don't know if that that saves his job. But Shanahan did tell reporters after the game that Jimmy G, who who actually was 28 of 40 last week, 326 yards, he did throw a couple of TDs. He thought he threw all, he played okay. And and Shanahan is it, it's my understanding he's not giving any thought to starting Lance against the Rams, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him if you start Trey Lance against the Rams. I don't think they have any chance. Jimmy G. Well, until recently, heading into this year, he was 24-8 and eight as a starter. I think that last interception late in the fourth quarter was kind of metaphorical uh, for the 49er season. All right, another coach, and this is a guy, you know, I have respect for both these guys. I have respect for Kyle Shanahan. I have respect for Mike Zimmer. They dropped their fifth one-score game. Now, Zimmer's been around eight years, and he's been, you know, the Vikings, actually, he's... He's been around so long that he's the seventh tenured head coach in the National Football League. The problem is he's in year eight, Zimmer, but the odds of him reaching year nine, again, took a major hit. And I hate to use the word choke job, but last Sunday's debacle, blowing a 14-point second-half lead over Baltimore, losing 34-31 to in overtime, when they shouldn't have even Kick the extra point. The defense had been on the field for 71 plays. If you can't move a team to our high school football coach said that if you can't get one play for three yards with everything on the line, then you weren't going to win the game. Right? So the truth of the matter is, and if you read the various analytical websites, uh, they now give the Vikings basically a one in five chance of making the playoffs. I just don't think that's going to play in Minnesota. That means uh, Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, will miss the playoffs if this happens, miss the postseason for the fifth time, which I think my opinion, opinion with a capital O, although I do think his seat gets very hot if they lose tomorrow against the Chargers here in, or in Los Angeles, I would say there's a high probability that's going to end his time with the Vikings because – one of the things Zimmer Zimmer's tenure is based on is winning a Super Bowl, and he might be the seventh tenured coach, but each of the six NFL coaches with more seniority 
They've all won a Super Bowl. That's damning for Mike Zimmer. Zimmer hasn't even reached one. And more problematic is I think each of Minnesota's five losses this year have been by one score. That's not a good thing. And and one of their three wins was completely gift-wrapped by the Lions. Put it another way, the Vikings have truly underachieved this year. Uh, most people I know thought they'd be a playoff team. Unfortunately, that's a reflection on a coach. Zimmer deserves the opportunity to right the ship, but this is this is what Minnesota's facing. If they don't go 7-2 and two the rest of the way, they're probably not going to get it done. And Zimmer admitted himself. They had a chance to put the game away after Lamar Jackson threw the interception in overtime, and they didn't do it. They can't do it. They don't score on two-minute drills. Kirk Cousins is, I guess, Minnesota's version of Matt Stafford. Anyway you slice it, these, are two, these two coaches who I respect, they're on the hot seat if they don't win tomorrow. Coming up, the most important. The most uh, watched sport in the world, whether you believe it or not, spelled football, F-U-T-B-O-L. We're going to have our weekly update with Chris Perfett. And there's real news because maybe there's some hope for the United States with the World Cup just around the corner. But first, let's go to the birthday boy. And I got to tell you, I asked him earlier, uh, Brian, did you have a good time on your birthday? He says, man, I'm like Moby Dick. I had a whale of a time. See what he did there? It's the birthday boy, Brian Finley, with the latest. Bernie, appreciate the love. I know you've got some football coming up, but as far as American football, we begin with the NFL as we get ready for another slate of games happening later today. ESPN is reporting the Panthers are proceeding as if quarterback Sam Darnold will miss the rest of the season with a shoulder injury in Carolina, bringing on quarterback Cam Newton in part as a tryout to be the starter going into 2022. NFL Network reporting, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is not in line to play with that hamstring injury, and quarterback Kyler Murray is a long shot to see the field with that bothersome ankle, while Buccaneers wide out Chris Godwin, who's been dealing with a foot injury, is a go to play today. As far as college football, a couple marquee matchups. Number three, Oregon pasting Washington State 38-24. The Ducks set over 300 yards rushing as they improve to 9-1 on the season. Number 15, Ole Miss, jets out to 8-2 on the year after that home win against number 11, Texas A&M, 29-19. Wake Forest, the number 12 team in the land, rebounding after their loss last week as the Demon Deacons get it done on Saturday against number 16, NC State, in a shootout, 45-44. Wins for number 25, Arkansas, number 10, Oklahoma State. State number nine Notre Dame as they plaster Virginia 28 to three Jack Cohen three touchdowns and one pick 13th ranked Baylor delivers the first loss of the season to number eight Oklahoma and that proud fan base the Sooners 27 to 14 the final score there and Bernie I'll leave you with this number 22 San Diego State quietly up to nine and one on the season but they needed a 35 yard field goal with under two minutes to go in the fourth quarter to unseat nevada 23 to 21 but the aztecs are nine and one let's get back to a guy who's a 10 it's bernie fratto and give it up to san diego state coach brady hulk a great guy who's part of lloyd carr's defensive staff in 97 when they won the mythical national championship and oh by the way uh in his tenure at Michigan, Brady Hook's tenure at Michigan, he actually beat Ohio State. I don't hear any excuses. I don't care if it was the Luke Fickle team. He beat Ohio State. All right. 
Let's go to a gentleman. This time every week, Chris Perfett regales us with the latest in soccer, and there's real news here because the USA just beat Mexico to take the top spot in World Cup qualifiers for North America, and they did it with some historical significance. Chris, I'd be glad if they just made it to the World Cup because we know they didn't make it in 2018. Yeah, it, missing it in 2018 was kind of the chance for the uh, for the the soccer federation in the U.S. to shake things up. And what's looking in this year is the new the new age for U.S. soccer. You've got Christian Pulisic obviously leading the the charge, and he plays for Chelsea. And this has kind of been the story for the U.S. men's team here, trying to get back to the World Cup with a new generation, especially players who are playing at the top of club levels in UEFA for the Premier League in England, for Bundesliga with Giovanni Reina playing over in Germany, and players also in Syria and other places in Europe coming back home and playing for the U.S. But they beat Mexico here this week. Uh, What's funny is the score, and it's something I want to talk about as a history of a term that American soccer fans know well. It is called dos a cero, two to zero in Spanish. It is a score that keeps cropping up all the time. So USA and Mexico, very heated rivalry, very tense rivalry. Mexico winning most of the time historically. They've played 72 times. However, 13 of those games, Bernie, have ended 2-0, dos a cero. And the, and the history of it really begins back in, I believe the U.S. actually beat uh, Mexico 2-0 back in the Gold Cup in 1991, it 2-0, and that was kind of the start, but it didn't really become Dos Acero until 2001 when this streak began in Columbus where the USA would beat uh, Mexico four straight times in Columbus, and it again, this score keeps cropping up. 13 times it has ended 2-0, but the only time the last time Mexico beat the U.S. 2-0 was 97. It's been a plague, and the U.S. has been a thorn in the side of Mexico. Mexico has gotten older. The U.S. has gotten younger. And to get a 2-0 win here against Mexico in Cincinnati, putting them at the top of the CONCACAF uh, qualifiers for the World Cup, has to feel pretty good for the United States. It's, it's a chance for them to get back there, and I think their play in CONCACAF has been very uneven, but anytime you get to beat your old foe Mexico, your old thorn in your side, your old, you know, the old power of North America and show them that you're the new kid on the block that, you know, that you that that's going to feel good and that's going to be a feather to write home about even though I don't think the US has actually played that well to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're they're at the top of CONCACAF, but They've had some pretty uneven games, Bernie. I believe they had a first half against Costa Rica a few qualifiers ago where they went into the first half down 1-0 against Costa Rica. And for all the power that they've had with guys like Pulisic and Reyna, they've had to turn to their bench to to their to, uh, substitutions. You know, other guys who are just playing at like the major league soccer level to come in and save them in some of these games. They've had, you know, a, a scoreless draw against El Salvador way back. But you know what? It, at the end of the day, they still win these games and they are up at the top of the the qualifiers right now. 14 points tied with Mexico, but two goals up, Dos Acero, on, on goal differential, which will be the deciding factor. So it's funny how these things take on a symmetry or a life of their own, the coincidences, whatever you want to call them. Here's the real thing. I don't think folks want to see the World Cup kick off in 
2022 and have the United States not be on it. And I'll tell you why, Chris. It's my first year in Michigan, 1994. As you recall, we had World Cup games in the Silver Dome. The USA opened up against Switzerland. I actually had a credential for that game. The USA tied Switzerland 1-1, and we went. Every people went crazy. I mean, they turned the Silverdome into a foreign country, and it was incredible to see in person. So to make it to the World Cup and maybe win a game or compete, I think this country would react a little bit more favorably than people realize. I, I agree. I remember when they were in the World Cup in Brazil back in 2014, and that was the last gasp of guys like... I think Landon Donovan was off the team at the time, but they still had a lot of their big star players of those 2000s teams, and they made it to the knockout round. And I think they lost to, uh, I believe, to Germany, who ended up uh, going on to... I, I could be wrong. I, I might have my wires crossed a little bit, but they had played in what was called a group of death back then, where they had to play Portugal and Ghana, and they came away with it. They went to the knockout round, and they... I mean, look, they, they lost the knockout round, but that was a respectable... Uh, draw for a team that had some clear shortcomings that the U.S. had then, but I remember being on Twitter at the time, and like you could tell from social media and from people who I met in the streets too, like people were, are really into it when the U.S. Oh. is in there, and not only that, but they're also competing. I just worry looking at this team right now. They have the talent, but they've been uneven on how they use the talent. I think they need to really improve on coaching and where they're using their pieces right now, but I. I I, I see those uneven CONCACAF games, and I worry what's going to happen when they have to play the big dogs out there, be it Italy, who they've looked uneven in in, in UEFA qualifiers, but they're still the champions of Euro 2020. Uh, what they're going to be doing against the top team in the world, Belgium, or even South American teams like Argentina or Colombia, like they're, they have to really CONCACAF is a shallow pool. Beating Mexico, Dos Acero, means something from a pride standpoint, but I don't think it really means something from a talent standpoint. Mexico is old, faded. I, I think they'll still go to the World Cup, but I don't think anyone expects anything out of Mexico. This is kind of the last hurrah That's for that federation before they fall apart. Well, so for USA, like they have, I, I'm going to be curious if we're going to get some inner uh, what was going to happen in inter-confederation play because they need to show that they're going to go like this is a really shallow pool CONCACAF they need to start right. playing well against they, they have to eventually show that they're going to do what they're doing to Mexico to teams from Europe and teams from South America if they want a so, real shot in the World Cup so in 2014 here's I, well yeah I don't know what kind of results they're going to get I just hope to get to the World Cup Chris continue on with this Next week, but back in 2014, I can't say the USA had a great showing. They lost to Belgium two to one. They lost to Germany one to nothing. They tied Portugal, and then they ended up beating Ghana, but they didn't advance. So it might be too much to ask them to advance, but hopefully they'll be a little bit more competitive this time. All right, coming up, we bring you back out to Las Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. If you've been listening in this slot, Mackenzie Mackinac Sports. Is ten and three with his prop bets. He's going to have a prop bet for the ten a.m. These are all Pacific times in the games for the ten a.m. NFL games, the one p.m. NFL games, and then of course the night game between the Raiders and the Chiefs. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studio. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. Wrapping it up on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, uh, Bo Benson, 
Chris Perfett, and of course the birthday boy Brian Finley on the updates. Could not do the show without the teamwork, guys. And we'll uh, we'll do it again uh, next week by popular demand. However, before we sign off tonight, uh, you know him, you love him, you can't leave without him. It's Mackinac Sports, Mackenzie Rivers. This is the segment, our final segment of the show, where he's been giving his best prop bets. So, you know, whether you're on the East Coast where the games tip off at tip off, kick off at 1 p.m. or West Coast, 10, 1, and 5, East Coast, 1, 4, and 8. Mackenzie will have a prop bet for you in each one of those time slots. All right, Mackenzie, 10 and 3, where do we go from here? Let's start off with the New York Jets running back. They're facing the Buffalo Bills tomorrow. Big dogs in the game, but they've been high variance the New York Jets have. So I like Michael Carter, over 28.5 receiving yards. Fans of straight out of Vegas might remember the great A.J. Hoffman gave out a similar prop a few weeks ago. Why? Because Mike White, the great Mike White, the future Kurt Warner of this league, potentially. Should have been a first-round draft choice. Yeah, go ahead. That, exactly. <laughs> number one overall per Mike White. He's had uh, about two full games without injury. In those games, Michael Carter has 18 receptions. So they just seem to have that you know practice squad relationship where they know exactly where each other's going to be. Mike White's back. I like Michael Carter over. Didn't work out last game when Mike White got knocked out in the first quarter, but that was bad luck. Same handicap. Different result this time. We're going to go Michael Carter running back for the Jets over 28 and a half receiving yards for the one o'clock window. Let's double up our money for the four o'clock window. Russell Wilson is back, and I think he's donning the Superman cape tomorrow. You might say, oh, he's coming off injury. He might be a little tentative. I think the exact opposite. I like him to go over 19 and a half rushing yards. What do you think about that game in general, Bernie? Let me take a, a minute. That's a, that's a that's a huge a huge one on the slate tomorrow. Well, the Raiders' rush defense is 27th, and so yeah, it only takes him breaking off one one run. Uh, for me, oh check that, check that. The Seattle's at Green Bay. I apologize. Uh, I like Green Bay in the game. But that could favor your prop bet, McKenzie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad you feel that way because I kind of do, too. R.J. Bell actually gave out the Packers minus three as his best bet earlier in the right. week. Right. And when trailing in his career, Russell Wilson, eight and a half rushing yards per attempt, about a yard and a half more than when leading. Why? Because he just sticks his neck out that much farther. It's actually the same on the road in his career more than at home. He gets his legs going 31 rushing yards per game in his career on the road. This is only 19. This is telling me he's a lot less run dependent than he was last year. I think that's an overreaction to a little finger injury. I think he's going to be out guns blazing. Let's go to Sunday Night Football, Bernie, shall we? I'm actually going to take Patrick Mahomes under 285 passing yards. When I saw this stack, it shocked me. The Las Vegas Raiders, much maligned defense over the last few years, are actually number five right now in opponent passing yards per game, only giving up about 207. They're not as good on the ground. The Chiefs fans might take some solace in that, but they've been excellent at keeping their opponent's quarterbacks under their number. And Patrick Mahomes, he went 42 straight games with a 50-plus QBR, meaning the analytics grade him as a better-than-average quarterback. He started off his career 42-0 in that department. He hasn't even sniffed 50 the last three games as far as his QBR. Something's wrong, Bernie, and I don't think it fixes itself immediately. So I right. like Patrick Mahomes under 286 passing yards. All right, let's circle back to these three games because the Jets are catching 13 at home 
divisional game. You'd figure Buffalo's angry coming off their Jacksonville debacle, but I think it speaks to, you know, Buffalo's only 2-2 two and two on the road. That's a big number, and the big difference, McKenzie, between Mike White and Zach Wilson is Mike White doesn't try to play hero ball like Zach Wilson. He's taking it, the underneath throws that are giving you. That could, I believe, also favor your prop bet, but I also think that the Jets plus 13 are a good value tomorrow. So do the athletic DPR power ratings. One of the biggest differentials is the Bills are 5-3. and three. Books are acting like they're the number one team in the NFL. Power ratings think differently. And great point on Mike White's low air yardage. He's taking what the defense gives him. Two weeks ago when he put up 415 yards and led the NFL, he had the least air yards of the week. And they've played, they're doing a lot of snaps. Last two games, 78 and 75 plays for the Jets. That's more than they've had in five years. They're completely flipping the script, doing everything differently. My best bet, Michael Carter running back over 28 and a half receiving yards. And just to run through them, I like Wilson over 19 and a half rushing yards. And Patrick Mahomes under 286 passing, passing and yards. And a quick thought on Russell Wilson in Seattle. Truth be told, Seattle 0-6 against the number of their last six trips to Lambeau Field. Green Bay 8-1 against the spread after getting poleaxed week one. But let's not bury the lead. This is a duel between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Yes. you got to believe you're going to get max effort out of Russell Wilson. So if they're trailing, that could help your, uh, your, your prop bet. He's kind of the, the, the doppelganger Aaron Rodgers is for Russell Wilson. He's the guy in a smaller market that has a Super Bowl ring, that has been known to do things on a football field we've never seen anybody do. I think that motivates him. I think he's been thinking about this all month. He's been off for a month. He came back from this injury about half the time they expected because of this matchup, because of what you're saying, to make a statement tomorrow afternoon. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. So you're uh, real quickly in 10 seconds, just give all three again. Michael Carter over 28 and a half receiving yards. Russell Wilson over 19 and a half rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes under 286 passing yards. All right, 10 and three heading into tomorrow. So we will keep an eye on those. And what I believe is going to be a very interesting week 10 because you're going to start to separate the manure from the fertilizer. If you get my drift, there are teams tomorrow whose seasons could come crashing to a halt. And I mentioned the two coaches, Mike Zimmer and Kyle Shanahan, who could be on the hot seat after tomorrow. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is Fox Sports Radio. Keep it locked right here for Brian Noah and Andy Furman on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.